you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I have now entered the portion of life where you value silence. <laughs> Your car rides, you're like, I don't listen to music like that anymore. And you feel like the grandmother that's like, hey, either you're in or you're out, okay? Like, you, you're already there. You're like, whoa, now I know exactly what she was talking about when she told me to turn stuff down or sit down. And Because there's a certain ambiance that silent brings that it just can't be brought, right? Sometimes my daughter rides in a car with me. And she's like, can I listen to something? And I'm like, shh, we are listening to nothing, okay? And um, I want to blast the silence. So if you can join the silent choir, it would be great. Okay. Love you so much. Okay, bye now. Um, And so I've just been there. But I noticed that for me, silence is almost like a moment to debrief. It's my thinking time. It's my, actually, all of my time is thinking time, which is why I really enjoy silence. It allows me to hear my thoughts, to be able to hear God, to be able to refuel, recharge, and I love it. And on this particular day, I got a download from the Holy Spirit, and you know what that feels like. It's something kind of like, You the bomb Holy Spirit. I see what you be doing. That's why you holy and you spirit. You know what? Just the compound. It it, it works for you, sir. Okay? Because you do what you do. I read John 8.32. And it's a cliche, sometimes often verse used out of context. It's the, you know, and when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. Right? We all know that one. Or we should. But I'm not going to judge nobody else's grandbaby. And for whatever the reason, you ever read something or hear something and it has a <clears throat> to it that you feel like God is like, <clears throat> like his eyes is big, his eyebrows is up and he's like, ah, yes, that's for you, ma'am. And so for whatever the reason, that's what John 832 did for me. It kind of jumped out of my phone and was like, yeah, I'm gonna read you. I know you thought you was reading me, but I came here to read you. And the read was for filth, okay? And I was like, okay, because lately, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is for everyone who is actually a thinker, be careful of how far you allow yourself to go into these tunnels, these rabbit trails when you're thinking. Because if not contained, and aware, you'll start pulling up stuff that all of a sudden your mood changes. And you're like, wait a minute, what happened? And I want to challenge you earlier in this conversation to go back to see what was the last few things I was thinking about. Because oftentimes, we don't even know that the mental realm, the thought processing realm is actually a place of war. And I'm going to show you that in just a bit. But when I read John 8, 32 and the truth set you free and I was like okay I had to check myself because there has been this notion of as I'm going in age and getting wiser and all these other things there is this little bit of a demonic thing that I rebuke every single time don't get it twisted thought that comes up and says well you know your mother only lived to be 44 you you know she had that illness that you know that took her out actually that illness took a couple of your family members out and there is this internal 
and this is me being super unveiled. There's this internal clock that I have been subconsciously paying attention to to see if I exceed it. Almost like I'm holding my breath to get to that point to then say, okay, I made it. And I know that I know that I know that that is not of God. I know that I know that I know that anything that tries to plant an uneasiness and angst, that's where anxiety comes from, is not of God. So I had to have a real talk moment with God. I was like, listen, I don't want to keep feeling that celebrating a birthday, but then low key looking at the age and comparing how many more years until you like, I don't want to do that. And to top it off, if I've never told you, I'm going to tell you now, my mother passed on my birthday. You see the setup to be emotionally distraught every single, you see what I'm saying? Okay. So you following me. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure you had that background information. Now let's press pause and keep going. So I had a real talk moment with God. It's like, hey, don't want to keep feeling this. Birthday has always been a big deal for me. It's June 28th, in case you wanted to send your girl something, but that's fine. And so in that moment of talking with God, he was like, I want to challenge you to accept the fact that one can be true, that two things can be true, but only one truth leads to freedom. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? He was like, well, you know, the truth shall set you free is what you just read in John eight thirty two, right? I was like, mm-hmm. He's like, okay. And first of all, stop looking at me like that. And I said, yes, sir. He's like, okay. Um, so, you know, the truth is, yes, your mother did pass at 44. But the truth in the Bible also says that I promise you 80 years and then however you so want to live at that point, right? So both of them are true. Which truth leads to freedom? Is it the truth that your mother passed at 44 or the truth that I promised you a life of longevity that I'm always telling you in the Bible that I know the life that I have for you. Okay. I know the plans that I have for you that I told y'all over in Deuteronomy. Listen, your, your children's children's children will be blessed if you just do the things that that is in favor and a benefit of you spiritually. So I'm saying something. I have it all throughout the Bible that continues to let you know, you know, you honor that mother and that father and that days will be long in the land. I'm constantly reiterating these scriptures to you and these promises. And I told you that I'm a man that I shall not lie. So which truth will you go ahead and believe and which one leads to freedom? I was like, oh, he was like, yeah, I want you to start identifying competing truths. And I was like, okay. So now that I have uh, you in this space, God, because you just dropped the bomb, um, can I? Can you finally settle that thing in me that feels like, you know, I didn't have a mother, in, in my opinion? So God was like, "Cool, now that we're here, you know, it's a safe space, and that's fine. Uh, let let's let's unpack that." And I said, "Okay." He said, "What is your identification of a mother? How do you identify that?" I said, well, it's nurturing, there's a softness there, there's leading, there's guidance, there's, you know, in the way that you can understand it, in the way that it's palatable for you, in the way that, and so I'm naming all the things, and he was like, true, okay, great, so you don't feel like you had a mother, so what do you feel like you had in your parental figure that was female? I said, I feel like I had an amazing provider, 
She showed me hard work. I learned. I literally learned my work ethic from her. Uh, I there wasn't a lazy bone in that woman. She was a hustler of all hustlers legally. Okay, great. Educational wise, career wise, I watched her pretty much reach plateaus and climb mountains that I was like, wow, I can honestly say being the first person in the household because I was her first and being the first seated person in her life in that capacity that I was so proud of her to the point that some of my goals kind of it came from her. I literally have this ideal of getting into a position in a corporate world and climbing my way up. And for years, I never understood why that was such a heart desire for me until I had this moment again with God. He was like, where do you think that came from? You've seen that somewhere. And I was like, uh-uh, the only place I've seen it was my mother. <gasps> Holy smokes. And so in this space, he said, okay, so... Can we do this? Can we accept the fact that she may not have been nurturing and leading and guiding and all the things that were palatable to you? Can we accept the fact that she may not have been that for you? And that's the truth. But can we accept the truth that, man, she was a heck of a provider. She was a heck of a worker. Her work ethic, what she stood for, she played no games. She had a tenacity and a zeal about her that it was just like, ooh. And I was getting excited talking to God about that. And he said, which one of those truths lead to freedom? I said, the provider part. (laughs) I'm proud of that one. That one, he was like, okay. And both of those can be true. You no longer have to carry the weight of the truth that you didn't have a close relationship with your mother. That doesn't have to be the only stanza in your song. You can add a, a extra 16 bars with a hook and chorus that sounds like, yeah, but comma, <laughs> I got my work ethic. I got my, you know, put it on whatever Swiss beat you want to put it on, but you can extend that song to still be factual, but to be a little bit more freeing. And I was like, you know what? I love that. So many times we try to hide the part of our lives that don't seem the most ideal. And, you know, you, you want to, ooh, that blemish, I don't really want you to see that. And I'd rather you not know that part about when I had that baby out of wedlock or when I had that one relationship that I'm embarrassed about now or when I made that one financial move that set me back. And you'd rather not want nobody to look at that. But what you don't know is that you can go ahead and live that truth, create a whole nother one, and that one will lead to freedom. Personally, hand up in the air, the left one to be exact. I didn't marry right the first time. Mm-mm. And for a really long time, I didn't want anyone to know that. And as a matter of fact, I don't even think I've ever said it to you. So now that I have, I was getting ready to say you better not tell nobody. But you know what? It's freeing. Because guess what happened? This uh real time around, because it's not a second, it's the real time around. I literally let God into the process instead of choosing, trying to go ahead and put something together and say, God blesses. I literally was like, God, show me where you want me to be. And I'll wait until the time. And God was like, that's how you do it. It's almost like buying a car and you like, um, God, can you bless that? Opposed to before you even start the process saying, God, lead me to the car that you have for me. Two way different approaches. Trust me, you want to do the latter. 
And for a long time, I felt some kind of way about that. You know, I don't want nobody to know about that. And I, and, and it's like, you know what? Honestly, <laughs> I'm not going to wait until I'm in football numbers to be proud to say, you know, I've been married for 31 years. The first time I didn't do, you know, do it the right way. No, celebrate where you at now. If it's under a decade, you know what? It is what it is. But which one leads to freedom? The truth that you didn't marry right the first time or the truth that the real time around, you truly knocked it out the park, mama. You understand? Come on. We got to get to a point that we look at shame and condemnation and be like, uh-uh. You could very well be true, but you cannot keep me shackled. You will not keep me shameful. That is not why my brother did what he did on Calvary. Do you understand? I have a savior that did something really, really, really brave and dramatically just gruesome. He did something for me on Calvary that debunks whatever truth somebody else wants to feed me. You do not get to go ahead and call me back and, and remind me of my past. You do not get to hold me slave and hostage to something that I was once hurt to. Remember when we had that conversation a little while ago and I told you how I felt about my name and how God had to go ahead and show me something different in that realm? Do you know that I had someone come into my, my office facility, okay, and look and was like, what's your name? Ooh, that's a heavy name. Um, and just because you like, say your name again because I forgot. It's okay. It's not rude. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. So he's reading the name on my name plaque and he's like, Shawana? And I was like, mm-hmm. He was like, oh, you got a southern name to be a city girl. And so I looked up because where I'm from, body language is everything. So if I'm giving you a look that says step off, I need you to um, run off, okay? That, that's how we ro roll in New York, okay? And I didn't say anything at that point. And then he went on to say, well, at least you cute. Wow, broski, like that's what you... <laughs> that that's what you went ahead and did and if he would have caught me about a year ago <laughs> wouldn't have went too well okay I still owe him a conversation he's not one that frequents my facility but like trust and believe I I, I got you no, don't even worry about that I got an IOU sir but I had a quick conversation with myself in the spirit I said why didn't that bother you as much as it would have a couple of years ago and I said because I'm whole and it was like yeah but so what happened now that is just so different? And I had to remind myself, and this is the sidebar, I said, boats with holes already in it sink easily. A feather can go ahead and land on it and probably go ahead and sink. But when you hole, <laughs> it's not really too much that can even crash against the boat you understand it's like oh, okay it's just it's another day it's another wind it's another wave it is what it is but it at the core of it it's because I accepted the truth my name is Shawana but what you also gonna have to accept is that my name rang bells <laughs> I ain't want to be cocky I was trying not to I was trying not to do the color but 
You understand? Like, I'm purposely going to always use that as a testimony. I'm always going to bring that up from now on because for a large portion of my life, people tried to make that my anchor. And now I'm going to be in arenas full of women. I'm going to claim it now. I'm going to be in places of executive leadership, and I'm going to go ahead and claim it now. I'm going to go ahead and have my name on diplomas and certificates and all kind of things of higher education, and I'm going to claim it now. And every time you type and you look at my name, it rings bells. Shawana. You feel me? Who, yeah, I'm hype. Deodorant pro- about to be done. But you understand what I'm trying to say. You can't shackle me. You cannot shackle me no more. I accepted that that's the truth. If I decided not to change my name legally, that, that is what it is. And for every Shaw and whatever anyone else that even feels like inkling kind of like, uh, why didn't she just name me some? It's because your name is going to ring bells. Don't you dare try to hide behind nothing else. Don't try to put your middle name. Don't try to know because people chop it up and they don't really understand it. And, but I'm from this particular culture and so they gave me the, I don't care what it is. That is your truth, and then you make a truth that is freeing that every time you say my name, you, it's going to be some authority with that thing. Do you understand that? Whew. I'm sorry, I got hyped real quick because, buddy, like I said, I owe, my, I, I owe you, okay? I'm going to do it nicely, but that's just it. But what, what I had to do was, you know, I like to look in, in the earthly realm, and that's fine, and find all the examples from my personal life. But, again, I got to go back to the roots. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Eve fell victim to this. Yeah, in Genesis 3. So I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to go back and, and read how old girl, uh, that, that didn't work out too well for her. Because that whole thing in the garden was set up to be paradise forever. Forever, ever, forever. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and she messed it up. But we'll talk about that at a later time because I'm going to ask God, is he going to give us like five minutes to shoot five? I mean, and that's fine. If he says, no, I'm not I'm not trying to bring no discord to heaven. You know, that's not the kind of woman that I am. But let's go ahead and real quick just see how she didn't do so well. So I'm going to start from the top. Genesis 3, you know, I read from the NLT version. The first verse. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Two, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat, God said. God, I'm sorry, God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Four, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. Five. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both evil and good and evil. Sixth, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. Seven, at that moment their eyes were opened. And they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Stop. <sighs> Eve. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to be um, persuaded to end paradise. And here was my thing. The enemy always has a truth mixed with a lie 
in order to persuade. So remember like when he had Jesus for the 40 days and the 40 nights and he was going ahead and tempting him, you know, if, if you throw yourself down, you know, the angels will catch you. And Jesus is like, yeah, and he kept answering Satan back with scripture. It's because Satan was saying a portion of the scripture, but he was adding something different to it. It was a different context. It was a different stanza. It just wasn't the scripture authentically in and of itself. So Jesus was like, mm, nope. Yeah, you you saying some of the words, but that's not that's not all of it. So let me go ahead. No, and it also says <laughs> that you may not uh, test the Lord thy God, right? And so I want you to pay attention to the enemy never persuades you with a full lie. It's a incompleted lie. It's a little bit of truth mixed with a little bit of lie makes the whole thing a lie. But it's a persuade persuasive tool that he uses. And so with this one, he told Eve like, yeah, um, because he knows that you're going to open your eyes and you're going to have, you know, your eyes will be open and um, you will be wise like him. He literally says in verse five, God knows that your eyes will be opened. Pause. Was that true or not so far? True, right? Because verse seven says at that moment, their eyes were opened. So that part was true. But here's where the lie tacked on was going back to verse five. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Mm, but then verse seven says at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. I wish that Eve would have understood the persuasive tool of the enemy. That in order to get your attention, he needs to give you something that sounds a little good, but then it has to sound a little bit too good, like a salesman in New York trying to give you, give you $500 if you just give him $5. Like, right, something about this is off. But I wish that Eve was spiritually aligned enough to know that she was in the center of two competing truths. On one side, she knew uh, God said not to eat from this tree located here. And he said, don't do it or else they will surely die. But on the other end, she was kind of valuing the fact that, man, this fruit is beautiful. Because verse 6 says the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious comma and she wanted the wisdom it would give her I don't even think the wisdom part was attractive I think the fruit in itself just the deliciousness thereof could she have seen I'm between two truths can it be that this tree is both the fruit of this tree is both delicious delectable I'm talking about if ripe Okay, uh, they had a dictionary there. That tree would be right next to ripe. Like, mm-hmm, if you want to know what ripe looks like, look at this tree, look at this fruit, and this is how you're going to go ahead and measure all your fruit, okay? But that particular truth sandwich that she was in between, which one was going to lead to freedom? You listening to the spiritual advisement that God gave on one side or the other side of but this is beautiful and I want what I think that it's going to give me. I said, you know what? <laughs> yeah, 
But did you hear the part that you just said first that God said don't eat from it? Did you hear the part that God said don't eat? So at that time, you are competing with one side being spiritual truth, facts, if you will, and on the other side, an emotionally tacked on truth. Yeah, it's beautiful. But I want the wisdom that's going to come from it. Where did you get that from? That was an emotional persuasive tool that came from the enemy. And it was amazing to me because I was just thinking about that. And I'm like, you know what? I remember having a conversation with my homegirl. Her her parents were in an abusive relationship. And so one of the things that, because we all have things that we have to untie from our particular childhoods and whatnot. And one of the things that she was working on was she didn't want to constantly feel like I will leave this relationship yesterday because she saw her mother stay too long in an abusive relationship. And I asked her and I said, have you ever just had like a real talk moment with your mother and was like, bro, why did you stay so long? She said, she said, I did. I didn't even have to do that. She told us. I said, well, what was her like rebuttal on that? She said her mother said she put too many years in being with her dad and that she would feel like a fool even leaving at this point because then everybody else would have been right. And I said, you know what? So she was in the center of two competing truths. One side was, if I leave, probably going to be able to finally live a life that I've never had, a, a life of freedom, a life of that will lack and uh, not have abuse in it. So that's one truth. The truth of you can leave and you can live a non-abusive life. But then sandwich between the other end of, yeah, but you put so much time into this relationship and everybody would be right. So you rather lean on the truth that does not set you free. Why? Why? Experiencing broken, broken body parts and emotionally damaged and mental damaging and all the things. I mean, physical is not the only way to be abused. There's so many different ways to do it. And so you rather have the, yeah, but, instead of seeing like, that, that was my truth and I'm about to create another. Don't people do that in relationships when it's getting ready to end? That you had the strength and that little, uh, time where you got really really smart that one time you're like okay you know what I'm done and then when it kind of got laid or you know feeling indifferent about it your mind tends to go ahead and hover over the entire relationship and pick pieces of the relationship where it wasn't so bad you're like oh I miss him no 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 you miss that that one incident right there on Valentine's Day. No, no, no. You missed that one time that he was a little bit vulnerable on your birthday. No, you missed that one time that she made you feel special that one time right there. No, no, no. These are literally spotted images on a complete full-blown movie theater screen. And so you're going to really squint your eyes and try to pay attention to the times that it just kind of fluctuates and, and pops up on the screen. The whole thing should be filled. 
So if the whole thing is not filled, a.k.a. the whole relationship is not fulfilling, then you don't get to struggle between the two truths of that one thing that happened that one or two different times opposed to, no, I'm going to create a different truth. What truth sets you free? Getting back into the relationship, resuming back to where you were and hoping that those times are a little bit more frequent than what they were or going ahead and, and getting time to yourself to figure out who is going to fill your entire movie screen of the needs that you need in a relationship we have to stop this sometimes like yeah but you he has potential she has potential and i'm saying it in that voice because it's like a dog has the potential to talk you ever seen them videos on social media where they capture the dog saying i love you and you're like oh my gosh that's amazing yeah a dog has potential to talk but does a dog have the potential to have a dialogue with you where you feel like you you connected? Stop looking at potential like it's the one thing you want to ride on for the rest of your life and you feel incomplete, but you you holding on to the possibility of a might. No, use that might to do something different with your life. Seriously. We hold ourselves bondage to places that it's like, Why? Why are you even sandwiched between those two truths? Those are competing truths and only one sets you free. You hold on to the truth of, you know, the the you, you, your current job. Oh, you know, I'm not going to find nowhere else. And somebody told me this, too. I'm like, why are you here if you don't like this particular position? Because I looked at other jobs, and they, they're not going to start me on that salary because I don't have the particular educational requirements or I don't have this, that, and the third. And it's like, so, yes, the truth is that it probably is an income check that's coming in like check next to income you're right um it's a convenience there it, it, it probably are some things at this particular job that you don't like that is the truth but what about the truth that you're wasting your time and talents what about the truth that you're not emotionally and mentally stable when you enter this arena for the next seven to eight hours of your life monday through friday what about that truth what truth sets you free? Staying in a boat that's too cramped for you but has an inkling of convenience, whether it's financially or they let you come in late or they don't really be on you too much or you don't really have to work that hard or whatever it is, that truth. Or the other truth of, you know, you can actually create a whole new different outcome and possibly be, be happier than you've ever been. I'm going to raise my hand. Um, Look at me. Remember when we having those conversations a few conversations ago about the job that I was hating and it was terrible? The one that I told you that old girl, um, the HR manager, <laughs> told me to walk away from her. I'm not going to talk about it no more because it's going to raise my pressure. But I had to truly sit in the center of my truth. Yes, the truth is that you have a plan for your career. Yes, the truth is that you just got this job. Yes, the truth is, you know, that it, it, it can lead to other possibilities later. But there's also a truth that you are mentally and physically depleted when you leave here, that you're disrespected, that even when you speak to higher management or have one-on-one -on -one talks with these individual employees, that they don't understand that respect is not something you're willing to bend on. And so at this point, what truth are you going to allow to have the higher super, superiority and lead to freedom. Which one? 
And I had to be gangster enough to be like, listen, before I ever let the truth be that I'm voluntarily allowing someone to do things to me that I can't even be 100% when I get home, I will walk away. Matter of fact, I will run away. I will run away barefoot before I allow someone to keep me shackled to a place that I know that God has better. And sometimes you just really need to tap into yourself and say, you know what? I know what I want, but I know that this is not the stuff that I be reading in the Bible. I don't think that God's looking down on me, knowing that I'm doing a good job, knowing that I'm being a good steward over what I'm doing, knowing that I'm trying to the best of my ability, walk in excellence, know that I'm trying to be a mannequin for the kingdom, know that I'm trying to do all these things in this setting. And God is just like, well, keep doing it until I say stop. Sometimes you got to just be like, God, if that's you out there, I'm just going to walk out this boat, walk on water and whatever happens from there happens. But I'm doing this walking on water thing and faith that you're going to be at the end of this particular path. You see what I'm saying? The same thing with family. Do you know that there's a such thing as you being like, you know what? I don't want to be bothered with certain relatives. And that don't mean I hate you. That's just mean I don't want to fool with you. It could be the truth of being in close proximity with you, talking to you, being around you, just doesn't fit well or sit well with me personally. Doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a person that I don't want around me. Why do we always look at stuff like, why you don't talk to such and such no more? What happened? Where you going to spend the holidays? Where you going? And it's almost like people make you feel like if you make the decision to start shaving off some of this fat around your steak, that it makes you less steak. No, it makes me healthier. You see what I'm saying? Don't you ever get close. Come here. No, no, closer. Okay, great. Don't you ever allow anybody to make you have to be sandwiched between two competing truths. Only one leads to freedom. You better read John 8, 32, okay? And I'm going to go ahead and read it for you now because if nothing at all, and again, it may be taken out of context, but that was the one phrase, the one stanza that I was like, you know what? That was for me. I needed that. So I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. John 8, 32. And I quote, okay. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. He never said the truth would be comfortable. He never said the truth would be easy. He never said the truth would be convenient. He never said that the truth would make you brave, that you won't be scared a little bit. He never said anything. There are no identifying adjectives that come with truth. It's just that you will know it and it will set you free. You know when that relationship should have been over. You know when it's time to leave that job. You know the difference between you having an emotional day. You like, yo, I just need a day off. I'm tired. I have my coffee. Whatever the case may be. Opposed to like, no, you need to change your career. And yeah, well, why would you change your career so close to this age? And you went to school to be such and such. You're going to waste that degree. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Why do you think when people make these big grand gestures or decisions, they're like, you know what, I have never been happier. And it's because true peace comes with freedom. True happiness comes with clarity. Do you understand that? All right. But listen, I feel like you got what you needed. Okay. You know what these conversations are. 
They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you because not a lot of people are going to spill their tea, pour you a cup, and sip it with you. Listen, you you you, you grateful? Okay, I'm looking. You grateful? Okay, I just want to make sure because sometimes I'll be feeling like, okay, just want to make sure because I don't know a lot of whole people who be doing that, okay? Just want to make sure. Oh, okay, just as long as we're clear. But um, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go, and uh, we'll talk later. Good talk, though, right? Yeah, that was awesome. Okay, talk to you later. Later. <laughs>